Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hardwood Nations podcast with your boy C.L. Anthony and my main man, Bryce Ward. What's going on, Bryce? <clears throat> Same as always, man. Not much. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just work and trying to keep up with the few things I try to keep up with. That's it. Look, b- b- between what well, your thing is, is family, X-Men, bread, and basketball, right? Yes, that sums okay. me up pretty well. <laughs> well. Well, God knows I've had all kind of issues this week, so I didn't watch a lot of basketball this week, just bits and pieces of it. But, man, the Suns were on fire up until Friday night <laughs> with 18 straight games. Is it finally time for us to take Phoenix serious again? Yeah, and, and to their credit and to, uh, I don't know, belittle my own opinion a little bit. I mean, it's not like we shouldn't have been taking them seriously. It's not mm-hmm. like we were downplaying them. It's just like um, they, they were so good last year. It's just kind of like they're, in a sense, flying under the radar early on in the season. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, but, yeah, they've hit a hot streak, and uh, it's undeniable. So. Yeah, it's absolutely undeniable. Now, the streak did end. Now, they beat Golden State Tuesday night, which was like a big matchup so far in the season. Friday night, Golden State did beat them, but Devin Booker wasn't playing. He's out with a hamstring injury, so he might be out for another week or so. But still, right right now, hey, Golden State caught an L last night against San Antonio. Shocking. Um, but right now, they're the class of the West, and I would say they're the class of the NBA. The Warriors are – their record's tied, actually. Um, I don't know how the Warriors have the tie break at this moment, but they do. So both teams are nine and 11 tie first place in the Western conference. So not bad. Um, how do you think this shapes Chris Paul's legacy? Because he did have a couple of, I don't want to say down years, but he had a couple of years where people were like, okay, is he washed? Is he not going to ever win a championship? Then last year he was two games away from the title. Now this year they've been on fire pretty much winning uh, 18 out of their last 19 games. So what chances do you give Phoenix going forward, considering our picks, the Lakers are still out there, and then also the Golden State Warriors are still number one in the West? Um, well, I think it's going to come down to if Chris Paul can stay completely healthy throughout the playoffs or in at least the uh, most important series and games that they have a healthy Chris Paul. Um, but uh, my biggest thing is, is you know, it, it's exciting to see, like you said, um, it felt like Chris Paul was kind of going under the radar or it seemed like he wasn't as impactful as he, as he used to be. And, the last few seasons, especially the one where he was on OKC with like nothing, you, you know, it's glaring that clearly he still has a, a lot to offer. Um, but, you, you know, in, in like a, a loose comparison, you know, people thought the same thing about like Sam Brady. But Tom Brady had a championship pedigree. Um, and then he got back to that. Chris Paul still hasn't won anything. Not. You know, he hasn't won any rings and he hasn't led a team. He, I think last year with Phoenix was like the – was that the farthest he's ever gotten? Yes, that was his first time in the NBA In the finals? finals? He hadn't reached mm-hmm. the finals before, right? Right. Right. Okay, so, yeah, we're seeing this resurgence and it, it's impressive and it, it's helping uh, fuel this Phoenix offense and they're thriving. But 
Um, can he do it and it lead to a championship? Uh, that just seems to be in question and <clears throat> not not taking anything away from Chris Paul, but it's like the timing of injuries and other things have always hindered him. Um, can he can he be this wizard in the finals and really will his team past a Giannis or past a um, whoever it is that he has to play on the other side? Because last year it was Giannis imposing his will. And, you know, there's not a lot of guys who can do that. And Chris Paul, lots of times, looks like he can control everything on the court from how he plays the point guard position. But uh, so far, it hasn't led to a championship. So I want to say, yeah, they could win it all. And Chris Paul could, you you know, solidify his position as maybe the greatest point guard of all time or one of the greatest point guards of all time, which he already is. But, you know, a championship is really the stamp he's looking for on his career. And, you know, I don't know. They had the perfect opportunity to do it last year. And and they still couldn't put it together. I know he dealt with um, some lingering issue from, uh, what was it the first or second round? He, he got yeah. a little banged up. Yeah, wrist injury, back. shoulder injury. Yes. Yep. And, you know, and to his credit, he played through it. And they went to the finals. Uh, but... It still just wasn't quite enough. Maybe another year of experience. Maybe, you know, another another solid year of this team playing together. Devin Booker getting a little bit better. Chris Paul getting a little bit, if anything, a little more healthy. Uh, I don't know. They could win it all. You know, we saw last year the Bucks proved, you know, the right, the right team can win. And so um, I think they can win it all. It's just so far – they, they just haven't been able to prove themselves. But, you know, one trip to the finals, you know, that's tough to do your first time. That it, it was a 50-50 toss-up. Both teams, it was the first time they had been to the finals like that. Um, I mean, the team's currently built, not that they hadn't – the organization hadn't been. But, right, right. you know, that was Chris Paul's to, to take and win, and it was a battle of wills, and Giannis won. So it's got to hurt for Chris Paul, who – who's been in the league a long time. Like, I, I think they could win it. Um, it's just everything has to go their way, and I think Chris Paul has to be completely healthy. Yeah. Now, th- there's another thing, <clears throat> excuse me, in Phoenix, where um, Devin Booker was hindered by a hamstring injury in the finals and played through it, and now he has a hammy injury again. So that's something to watch as the season yeah. progresses. I don't know if that thing is completely healed or not, but it's something that we need to keep our eye on with two hamstring injuries in that short time frame. So moving right along, the actual reigning and defending NBA champion, Milwaukee Bucks, started off the season slow. They had some injuries. They've adjusted. They've added pieces. And now they've been rolling. Um, in their last 10 games, the Milwaukee Bucks are 9-1, and one, <laughs> which is fantastic. Um, how do you think Milwaukee is going to end up Considering they just added DeMarcus Cousins, who's going to take Brooke Lopez, Brooke Lopez's place because he's going to be out for the season with back surgery. And then they also added more shooting, hopefully with Wesley Matthews returning back to Milwaukee. Um, I think they look poised to be solid the rest of the season. I mean, as, as long as, you know, just like everybody, if the team can stay relatively healthy. 
having the added insurance of Wesley Matthews and DeMarcus Cousins, you know, you can't go wrong with that. And even if it's not like health insurance, you can definitely use them during the playoffs or they have experience. So it's like, you really can't go wrong with those acquisitions. Um, I think they're just doing what we thought they would do. Um, Unfortunately, they did have some issues early on, like everybody knows, but, you know, having Holiday and uh, Chris Middleton back, I mean, that's huge. That's so important to their success overall. And, um, I mean, they still played in the Olympics after the uh, playoffs. Uh, It wouldn't surprise me if they, you know, had something else go on later on in the season where it kind of gets them some rest time or something. It just depends how I think um, from like now to a little bit after Christmas, see if the team can continue the success, which I I, th- I think they will. You know, they're gonna hit their they're gonna hit some sort of stride that and, and ride that out like they already have. Like it's just gonna keep going as long as they're healthy, because Milwaukee's the reigning champs. They know how they always have pretty good regular seasons regardless. So now. You know everything combined, it seems like they're they're really hitting their their stride, and they're going to be tough to deal with as long as they're they got everybody on the court. So uh, right. I think it's impressive. I watched the majority of the game last night because both of us are huge Demarcus Cousins fans, and let me tell you, he only played ten minutes in the game. He got the Heat front court in foul trouble. The Heat front court is already banged up right now. He got us in foul trouble. In those 10 minutes, he dropped 11 points, five rebounds, and had two assists. (laughs) We couldn't do nothing with him last night. And that was just in 11 minutes. So, (laughs) I'm sorry, in 10 minutes. So, yeah, Boogie's going to be a a great addition to that team. And shout out to Bobby Portis Jr., man. He's playing phenomenal as well, too. He had 19 points and like 16 rebounds last night. So, the Bucks just played bully ball with the heat and we just couldn't fight back because our two main dogs were out. Um but yeah, I, I I think Milwaukee there there was a lot of people that disrespected Milwaukee in the offseason even after they won the championship and we're we're touting Brooklyn. But we see how that's going in Brooklyn. They called another L to a good team last night and losing to Chicago. So now I think it's shifting to where people are starting to realize Milwaukee, when healthy, is still one of the most complete teams in the Eastern Conference, and you have to give them the respect because they're the goddamn champion. So they're the champs until someone beats them. So um, kudos yes. to Milwaukee because I, I like the Bucks, even though there's like a, a mini, like a slight heat Bucks rivalry. It's all for competition. So I, I, I love Milwaukee. I love what they're doing. I love what they're building. And they actually have some young guys there, too, that are going to be able to step into larger roles within the next two to three years. So they're actually built right now for the long haul. And then, you know, one more time, shout out to my main man, Drew Holiday. I love you, Drew. I apologize. And I will continue to apologize until the day that I die. <laughs> I knew you would like that. Yeah, I knew you would like that, Bryce. So, (laughs) the biggest story of the week. I just want your thoughts on it. I'm going to set the table for you. So, LeBron James, we thought, was going to miss around two weeks due to testing positive for COVID. Then it comes out two days later that LeBron never had COVID, and we actually had the first false positive 
in the NBA who has been testing for COVID for two years. <laughs> My question to you is, one, how ironic is it that the, quote, first uh, false positive for the NBA is on LeBron James, who's had a story pass with his COVID-19 uh, thoughts. And then also going forward, do you think we're going to see other false positives in the NBA? Um, we might hear more. It's, it seems odd to me that there's never been a false positive. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna debate LeBron James's um, health and what he says he has done. That's not. That's none of my business. But I mean, we know there's like odd things that happen in the NBA. We know there's shenanigans. But I'm still not gonna. If that's what he says he's done. First off, you can still catch it even if you're vaccinated. And on top of it, um, there are false positives. That's absolutely a thing. So the fact that the NBA has never had any, that seems odd in general. So I don't believe any of the information coming out about this. LeBron James says he did one thing and they had false positives or they did it. You know, that those are common occurrences. Um, I'm not going to sit here and listen to anybody say that they, they don't like false positives doesn't happen because they absolutely do happen. So, no. Do I think something odd happened? Absolutely. Do I know what it is? Nope. Do I care? <laughs> nope. Let him fucking play. I don't care. If he did it the rest, I still don't care. Because if it wasn't this excuse, it would have been another one. I just don't care at this point. He's vaccinated. Think- He's not vaccinated. I don't care. <laughs> I just want to see him play basketball because he's on my uh, fantasy team. So, I, I, I don't think I don't think he did it the rest, and I don't know where you saw that from. I saw it from our our, our current well, sometimes co-host Kevin. I saw it from Kevin that he put it out and said that he did it to get some rest. I don't I don't buy that. Where did you see it at? I'm just I'm just based on what we know. <laughs> I mean, he just had two weeks off, so I don't. I don't think he. I, I don't think it was a LeBron James issue. I just think it's. I think it's ironic that the first false, false positive in the NBA is on LeBron James. I really think that's ironic. Okay, now, just just to sidestep LeBron just briefly, Stephen A. Smith did drop a nugget this week, and you know Stephen A. Smith talks a lot of shit. But he dropped a nugget this week, and no one caught it. But I caught it, and they were talking about the Antonio Brown situation in Tampa, where they were where they produced uh, false vaccine vaccination cards. Okay, we we know this is mm-hmm. a thing. So him and two other players got suspended for three games, which is actually to have a false false vaccination card is a federal offense. But anyways, so Stephen A. Smith was talking about that. And he was talking about LeBron James's false positive, and he said, and I wonder how many players in the NBA have actually supplied a false a, a, a false COVID vaccination form? It's a conversation that has to be had because we know it's been done. It was done in baseball. It's now been done in football. And now here we go with the NBA. It's possible it can be done because I don't, I don't know if you've seen one of those cards. I could print out one of those cards on some card stock and fill it out. Like that's just how easy it is to fake it, right? So yep. – <laughs> So Stephen A. did drop that nugget. So I want to see how this goes on for the rest of the season if we are going to have some players that gets uh, caught up. Because you have to have a snitch, of course. 
Antonio Brown had his snitch. You have to have a snitch to let it, you know, let it come out. So I want to keep mm-hmm. my eye on this because I want to see how that goes. Because I, I know how people act. I know how people feel. And when I hear that a league has a 97% vaccination rate, I call bullshit on it. And like you said, it's odd that we haven't mm-hmm. had any false positives in the NBA yeah. since this thing's been going on. And, and to be quite honest with you, I haven't even heard of it from the other sports. <laughs> and we know yeah. it's a thing. We know there's a percentage of tests that are bad that can yes. give you a false positive. So we got to keep our eye on that. But I'm I'm with you on it. There's shenanigans somewhere, but we just don't know exactly where. Whenever you push mandates or policies on people, you're gonna have a certain percentage of them that find that work around it. I mean, there's that's what people do even with um, performance enhancing drug tests. Right. You know, right, everybody's right. always just trying to find right. creative ways around it. But when you have something as polarizing as this uh as the vaccine and then in turn the vaccine mandate you're gonna have people who try to beat the system and get around it right and um that's just the way it is that's not gonna change ever (laughs) it's funny you brought up steroids because you already know what i thought about you brought that (laughs) he didn't take a trip to miami this year did he no, it's been a few years since he took a trip to my, Miami. I, either he's off of it or his operation is ran in California right now. <laughs> yeah, it's just getting better. He's just getting better at it. You but that if, that mean, if that means he's getting better at it, everybody else is getting better at it. It's okay. Look, you remember that meme I said to you a couple of weeks ago when a dude saw Bronny going for the dog and he was like, he must have found the broad stash. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> so we haven't talked about our teams on the Hardwood Nation podcast in a few weeks. So we're going to give an update on our teams. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start first because my team has championship aspirations, of course. We do every year. And the next few, the, the next few months for the Miami Heat. I'm sorry, you have something in your throat? <clears throat> no, I just think it's hilarious. Oh, okay. okay your, sorry. Your, your sense of flair. The, the the next few weeks, a few months rather, for the Miami Heat are going to be kind of bleak because two of our three leading scorers are out. Jimmy Butler is out with what I believe is some kind of body contusion or body bruise. And Bam out of Bayou tore ligaments in his thumb. So he's going to be out. As of this week, he's going to be out six to eight weeks. He hasn't had the surgery yet, but I believe he's going to have it within the next few days. So it's going to be some dark times for the Miami Heat. As the East is currently stacked, everybody's tight right now. Um, the Heat dropped from like the second seed to the fifth seed once the injuries hit. You have teams like Milwaukee rising up. You have <clears throat> Atlanta rising up. So there's a little bit of separation going on. To you, Bryce, do you think the Heat – I know they're going to make the playoffs, but do you think the Heat will fall drastically during the next two months? Right now they're sitting at fifth. Um, not drastically. It's just going to come down to how long your <clears throat> two stars are out. Mm. Uh, it's just hard to win without Bam and uh, Jimmy Butler. And I guess you'll just have to see how the rest of the team steps up in that time frame to see how much pressure you guys are going to have to put on your team and try to will 
your team without those two guys because it's just it's going to be tough. I mean, Kyle Lowry wasn't brought there to do this, like fill the scoring void. He's just there to run the offense. He he's still Correct. it's still going to be tough for him to score a lot of points. It's just not, you know, you guys are going to lean on, you know, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, like you you know your your role players. With those two other guys out, you're going to have to rely on that offense just and those guys hitting those shots. Oh, everybody's going to have to really pull together. But you guys are kind of built to where it's – everybody knows their role. So it's just a matter of filling in those slots with who you guys have left over. You're still going to win a lot of games. Um, it's just you're not going to be nearly as competitive. So yeah, this, I don't I, I don't know yeah I you definitely I feel like you ha, you have to drop because the East is just too tough but um I I don't I don't see you dropping like way way off. Well, I, I think we're gonna fall into the play in for the next two months and then we'll work our way up. The good thing is we had one of the hardest schedules to start the season and we had the most road games. So as we start getting healthier, more games will be at home. Um, the schedule is going to get softer. So I, I think that's a good thing for the Heat. Also, what they need to focus on right now is beating the teams that you're supposed to beat. So last night, you know, I told you we lost to Milwaukee, even though we should have won that game because Giannis didn't play, thought we had enough. But the night before that, we actually beat Indiana. Are they a great team? No, but it was still a quality win for us. So we need to beat teams like Indiana. We need to beat teams like, let's say, Minnesota. Let's say San Antonio. Those are the teams we need to feast on. You know, we're going to take some L's maybe against Brooklyn, Chicago, if we see those guys during the stretch. But then we'll focus on the end of the season. So I think we're going to finish strong. This Just the next two months are going to be a little tough. But we're used to it. You know, we had people in and out of the lineup for the duration of last year. So we'll be able to figure it out. Um, but am I worried? No, because Bam has other health issues as well that's not been documented with his knee tendonitis. He has that. So this actually gives that time to heal. So I think when we do see Bam come back, he's going to be more explosive like he was the first couple of weeks of the season um, before the knee issues started in, um, all because of the thumb. So I think it's a blessing in disguise, actually, for the Heat. Hopefully he can get feeling better. Yeah, yeah, because we need him. So the Orlando Magic, we're going to do a slight deep dive into the Orlando Magic. I, for one, want to apologize to the Orlando Magic fan base because I drastically overestimated my win percentage for them where I thought they would win around 32 games. I was wrong. I was optimistic. My bad. But with that said, the young pieces for the team has been playing well, primarily in the past week or so since Cole Anthony returned. Now we know Jalen Suggs went down, but how, how excited were you that Cole Anthony came back and made an immediate impact this week? Uh, well, especially leading up to his injury, I mean, we we saw flashes of what he could do last year, but still, he's a rookie. You know, he's getting he's getting a huge load dumped on him with um, Fultz being out, and that's not having really anything else, especially uh, after the trade. So, I mean, the trade of sending Aaron Gordon and Pushevich and you know and Fournier, right? You know. So, the highlight of this season by far has been Cole Anthony. Uh, if, 
for a Magic fan in my eyes. So it's like we have five wins. We have no faults still, no Isaac still, with no immediate or timetable for their return. Like we know it's soon, but we're, that's all we're getting. So soon. Um, we we don't even know how that's going to translate to on court chemistry. So just because we get them back doesn't mean we're going to have uh, immediate <clears throat> immediate success. But Cole Anthony is the only bright spot on the season thus far. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice watching the development and um, watching before he uh, hurt his hand this week. Uh, Suggs develop, uh, Wendell Carter Jr. playing a uh, bigger role on this team and like seeing him thrive. And probably the biggest surprise is just how well Franz Wagner has translated to the NBA game. It just seems like already he has such a high knowledge for the game that he's always kind of making the right play. He can score. He can play defense. He plays the smart game. And, uh, but if it wasn't for Franz Wagner and the biggest bright spot, Cole Anthony, it, it would be hard to get excited about any of these games right now. Injuries still seem to be the big story with the magic. Um, yeah, we just got Cole Anthony back. Thank God he was only out for a week or a week and a half, something like that, because that the, him being on the court is the only bright spot. Um, right. and, it, and, it, and it's what fuels the team. If he doesn't play good, we don't win. I mean, we're not winning anyways, but we're not, we're definitely not in the games where he's not having a great game. So seeing him develop this fast and to embrace it, um, the kid is just exudes like winning personality. His, his, um, his post game interviews filled with the same energy. You know, we, the magic needed a big cultural guy like that to bring, to bring the want to win. You know, it seems like from, especially the tweets from his dad recently giving a kind of insight to, you know, his, how he was viewing his situation coming up from high school to college to the pros and how he feels a little bit slighted by some of the situations and stepping up and proving to everyone that he was worth all of these things um, and justifying his, his positions. Uh, it, it's impressive, and it's something I've wanted to see for a long time. It's, it's something that we thought we'd get out of other players. And Cole Anthony is showing that we're going to get everything that we need from him in that perspective. And he's thriving. I mean, having a great season. Uh, so I, I can't, I can't praise him enough. Um, if, if the magic don't completely embrace Cole Anthony and Franz Wagner, then something is very wrong because they've shown that, that's what you want. That's everything you need out of, you know, your young players and to build around going forward. Suggs, nothing about what Suggs has done so far bothers me. Like I didn't, I, I didn't expect a rookie like him to just come in and be doing the kind of things that Cole Anthony is doing. I didn't even think Cole Anthony could put together like a string of games, like averages, like what he's doing this year. I just thought that'd be a lot to ask of, of a second year player especially one that I think came into the league not really playing point guard as much, but being more of a shooting guard. 
And I mean, for me, it, it's everything that has excited me about the magic season has been out of those two guys, Anthony and, and Wagner. And, um, I mean, the magic aren't winning games. We're not going to win for a while. Uh, but if we can just get, uh, Fulton Isaac back and see what we're even close to at being healthy. Um, that's what I'm waiting to see because you just add those two guys and you add Cole and, uh, Wagner back into that, you, you know, then we can, really start hanging, I think, with some of these, um, I guess, even middle-of-the-pack teams. Because right now, there's just there's a couple bright spots, and that's it. So it's it's a little disappointing, but again, injuries seem to be the story. And uh, But we definitely have some building blocks going forward that I think every Magic fan should be excited for. Yeah, and, and even, <clears throat> excuse me, even uh, Mobamba's been having this best I've ever seen him play. I, I forgot. Yeah, I didn't even yeah. mention him. Like, great, great season so far. Everything yeah, we could ask for in a big defensive center. Yeah, he's averaging a double-double. He's shooting threes. He's doing everything. Um, yes. So so the, we, we, we talked about this briefly yesterday and said we were going to hold it for the podcast. The tweet from Greg Anthony, when once I saw it circulating, the, the part that I didn't like and – and he didn't mention him by name, but just when he was like how the Magic drafted someone with the number five pick. Um, not to say they shouldn't have drafted him, but just to say, hey, you already have a good guard here. Why did you, why did you draft another one? So that, that's the part that I didn't like. But just to do a comparison, last year, Cole got rubbed after the trade deadline when, when those guys were moved, you know, Vooch and Gordon and, and Fournier. But for the season, he averaged uh, 27 minutes a game. 13 points along with four assists and almost five rebounds. This year he's up that to 20 points a game, six rebounds a game, six assists a game. So he's playing fantastic basketball right now. Um, as far as Suggs in his rookie year, his numbers are comparable to what Anthony did last year, which is actually not a bad thing. It's a good thing because it's setting himself up to have a good second year um, in the NBA. Let me pull this up real quick. So right now, for his rookie year, Suggs is averaging, and let's say he's he's not a knockdown shooter right now. He's not He hasn't adjusted well to the speed of the NBA. But right now, he's averaging 12 points a game, three rebounds, three assists. Very similar to what Cole Anthony did last year, okay? So like you said, I know you said you're not worried about Jalen Suggs at all. I'm not worried about Jalen Suggs at all. He just needs to, once he figures out the speed, I think the little knick-knack injuries he's had will calm down because, you know, he's missed a game here or there due to injuries because he's he's always falling on the court. He plays really hard like a young Dwayne Wade did. Once he figures out the speed of the game, those things will stop, and I think that's when he will settle into his shot. Now, I'm, I think Fultz is expendable. I just do. I know Magic Nation loves him. I don't care. He's expendable. You move forward with Isaac. You move forward with Mobamba, Wagner, Suggs, and Cole Anthony. That's going to be your team going forward. And I think, I think for the first time in a long time, the Magic has multiple good pieces because outside of the last team where you, you really had three good pieces, you have upwards of six good pieces right now. So I think there's building blocks for Orlando to gain momentum off of, especially going into next season when we hope 
that you guys are going to be healthy. Yes. Yes, I completely agree. Also, <clears throat> the Magic has drafted, of course, every team drafts young talent. The Magic has drafted a lot of young talent. But what they haven't necessarily had were guys <laughs> who are like bulldogs. Aaron Gordon, you can call him soft. Vucevic, you can call him soft. Franier, you can call him soft. You can't call Cole Anthony soft. You can't call Wagner soft. I saw Wagner go toe to toe with Bam one night. Those yeah, guys absolutely. Give a, those guys give a shit, right? Yes. Um, and it brings an energy, especially on the defensive end. It brings an energy that everyone can feed off of. All you need is one of those guys, and you mentioned the culture earlier. You're right. All you need is one of those guys to completely change the culture of a team, and I think you guys have that now. So I'm excited for the first time in a long time as a Heat fan. I'm excited for to, to watch my little brothers and see what they do in Orlando because I think you guys are going to be good. Yes. Um I, I'm, I'm a little more optimistic in wanting to try and at least give Fultz a shot at being healthy with this team because I, I think with some of the, the – I, I think with what some of our guards, even the young ones, are capable on the offensive end, mm -hmm. I, I, I could see there at least being um, ways to utilize all of them together or – you know, add some minutes to the bench and add some extra firepower there too. I, I, I at least want to see what the experiment looks like before I completely count that out. But I, I'm with you in the sense to where if I'm, if, if, if I'm Cole Anthony, the getting the acquisition of Suggs is more, uh, is just a more insurance at like getting a young guard that has promise because so far, Fultz can't stay healthy. Fultz is the, the one that should feel like he has to really show what he can do or he's on the way out. If I'm mm -hmm. Cole Anthony, I'm not looking at it as like if you're worried about your job, I'm not as worried about it as I would be if I was Fultz to me. Because right, right. that's just added insurance. And he's he's the oldest guard. You know, he's the one that's had the issues. He's the one that's older. So to me, it's more of like pressure on him than Anthony. Um, Anthony is just too dynamic. Uh, already, we know he's probably a more offensive threat to score than Fultz could be. Like, Fultz just doesn't have that kind of shot. We know he's he's developed a slightly better shot. But he's still not he's not gonna have the scoring pedigree that Cole Anthony has. Uh, mm -hmm. and Suggs is just so young and so dynamic, it's like you don't get rid of that either. Be so to me it just seems like Fultz is the one on the on, on like the, the block, but not it shouldn't be tons of pressure yet, I feel like. But if, if it's me, I'm thinking he's the one, he's the odd man out of that that guard situation. So yeah. we'll see. But I, I don't think it should be, like, immediate, like, uh, we have to get rid of him now. No, he's going to have half of the season. Let's, let's say he comes back yeah. this season. He's going to have the remainder of the season to show what he has. But I think the damage has already been done from the standpoint of the two guys that you have now. Like you said, Cole Anthony is dynamic. We knew he was dynamic last year. We knew he didn't give a shit 
about any yeah. other team last year. We knew that. And now it's carried over to this year. And like I said, Jalen Suggs, you had to make that pick at, at five. Yeah. You had to. Once of he course. dropped that low, you had another example. I'm not saying he's Dwayne Wade. I'm not saying he's going to ever be Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade was picked up with the fifth pick at Miami when he dropped down and we didn't think we were going to get him. Did we have a room room for him on the roster? No. We had an established guy there at his position. But you know what? We drafted him anyway. That's why he played point guard his rookie year because we didn't know where to put him at. But when you have a player that's that dynamic, you have to bring them in when they drop to you. So the Magic absolutely had to draft Jalen Suggs. Absolutely. Now, we're not saying these guys hate each other. No. As far as we've seen, they love each other. Absolutely love each other. So when Fultz comes back, that's going to be his audition. Either I'm going to play well for this team or they're going to ship me out. He's going to be shipped out in the offseason. That's just my bold prediction because that has to save his career because outside, if he comes back and doesn't play well, he's going to be out of the league. Mm-hmm. He's going to be out because his rookie contract is going to – well, no, it's, he's on – he, he got an extension, but he is going to be out of the league at the end of this contract, which I believe is another two years, if he doesn't prove that he can be dynamic, dynamic on a consistent basis. Plus, his ego is going to take a hit when they bench him because he's not going to come back and be a starter. These two guys are the starters now. You can't you can't shake that up. Well, they definitely have some decisions to make when he gets yeah. uh, healthy enough to get back on the court. Yeah. So it, because it, it's going to be up to Mosley uh, to really figure this out. Well, you you run you already run a simplistic offense, so therefore you're not you're definitely not going to have enough balls for these guys because of your offense is simplistic. And I understand why Mosley is doing that because one, he's a defensive coach, so he wants these guys focusing more on the defensive end, which is why for the most part they're in every game. Um, I still think they need to dial back the three point shooting, but again, yes. defensively the Magic are in every game, which is a good thing going forward. So. I know you want folks there. I know Cortez wants folks there. I just think he's going to be out of there in the offseason. So, but the prog- the overall prognosis for the Magic is a very, very, very bright future. And the fan base deserves that due to the crap that's happened in the last 10 years. So, one, Real quick, one bright side to, I mean, even if we have to trade folks, um, Fultz could help a lot of teams out if he's healthy. You know, mm-hmm. he, he he does know how to run an offense. I mean, he's not a knockdown shooter, but he knows how to get people in their spots. He knows how to use his talents on the court. He knows how to pass the ball well. You know, it's not like he's not useful. I, I just think it'll come down to his fit and how healthy he is. And even if it's not perfect for the Magic. He might be able to help another team out. We'd like we could still get something of value. It's not like Colts is going to play okay. And we're just going to get rid of him for nothing, you know. So uh, either way, you know, it's a kind of a win. Either we get him back and he he fits with everyone, or we get something of value for him. I think the only way it's really bad is if he gets hurt again. So. I think Fultz ends up in Houston. I think John Wall ends up in Orlando. You heard it first here. <laughs> What's so funny about well, we'll that? We'll see. I just, what's so, uh, what, never, what, I just what's so funny about that? Love Field. I haven't heard you talk about him to Houston. I haven't heard you say anything about that. And you know, I I'm just I used to be. I mean, I've always been a fan of John Wall. It's just like he's kind of sitting out there with nothing to do. So That's what I'm like. That's what I'm saying. Like, what's so funny about of. that? 
I would love to get John Wall on the Heat. Are you kidding me? So they're at a stalemate. He's told Houston he wants to play. Houston's like, no, you're not playing. We're just going to sit you and develop these young guys. He needs to be playing. He did well last year. So he has $90 million left on his contract. But he's hoping Houston can buy him out so he can get the hell away from there. Um, do you think I don't know. he can still – what what kind of role do you think see him playing like uh, well? Like the Derrick Rose? Yes. Role, or do you think he should still be starting running an offense? No, I see him as a Derrick Rose in Derrick Rose role. Yeah. He's not durable yeah. enough. To, he's not durable enough to start on the 82 game season um, mm. anymore. He, he's just not that durable. But coming off the bench in impactful minutes, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I would love to have him in Miami. I'm not going to give up anybody for him. So, like, if they buy him out, yeah, we'll take him for the vet minimum. But you guys can use Fultz as a trade chip. Just saying. Just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap it up this week. Please like, subscribe, and share our content on YouTube. Just search for the Hardwood Nation. We'll pop up. We're on Twitter as well. Thank you for all our Twitter followers. And also, thank you for the people who actually clicked the subscribe button. We've had a huge boost in subscribers, and we want to keep that rolling. Bryce, tell the fans thank you. Thank you, fans. We love you, and we appreciate you listening week in and week out. We, we, we you. love you for not being lazy and punching the subscribe button. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you next week, maybe. <laughs> Hopefully.